Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Reality Reno with Mitch and Mark. And, Marky, what a week it has been. It has. We decided to go to an auction. Not just any auction. We went to the Block Auction, the biggest auction on Australian TV. And I can say it out loud now. We won. We did. And we decided, let's launch a podcast. And we had Julian Cress, the executive producer and creator of The Block, first guest. And, Marky, we made not only front page headlines for winning The Block, but also for the podcast. Julian really spilled the beans on The Block and the creation of it. And you decided to christen the pool. Yes, I swam in the pool naked because I didn't want to leave that house without swimming in the pool and it had to be naked. And now we are back home with a lot of work ahead of us, Mark. Lots going on. So we're working on the new Mitch and Mark home range. And on top of that, we are getting ready to launch our pop-up shop in our hometown of Newport. Mitchie, it's taken a little bit of a toll. How are you feeling? Mark, I'm actually still grappling with the fact that we won the block. I actually did find it hard to say out loud. Yeah. Look, it comes with controversy because when you win, it, you're actually winning ahead of somebody else. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, no matter what you win with a block, it's a win. But to take the thing out, wow, that was just insane. How do you feel about it? I never, I actually never let myself think that we would even get close to winning. So it's taken me probably three or four days to, to adjust to we can now call ourselves block winners, which was incredible. I was always proud of the house that we made and proud of all the work that we had done, but I never thought in my widest dreams that we would walk away with a win. Well, Mark, i got to say this whole reality TV thing, it is a huge monster. Um, and while there's a lot of good can come out of it, like winning the block, and it does come with some negatives as well. If, like if you look at what Tanya and veto and the twins are going through with that whole scandal it's tough it's tough and it's challenging but i think people need to be mindful that we all make mistakes they just happen to make a huge mistake on national television and it's going to be really tough for them whether you agree with them or not and whether you actually feel sorry for them or whether you actually are angry with them just remember they are humans and they need to be treated with some respect and a little bit of dignity i think that's um, right i think it's time to move on Mitchie, I think it's right. You know, we talk a lot about resilience and people developing resilience, but we also have to talk about compassion because it's a point at which you have to be compassionate as a human being. And in a lot of the conversations that we've been having with people as part of our podcast, that whole area of mental health and emotional well-being, you know, often comes up because when people are living their lives and there are the challenges and the ups and downs, you know, we need to actually talk about how it feels and how you get through those challenges so whilst we're not a show that focuses on mental health we focus on home improvement and you know learning about people's journeys we're always going to listen and want to understand where people are coming from and and i guess support people in their own mental health struggles look i think we became more and more mindful of that all the time mark um but i'd like to like to now lead into our guest for the show today. I'm so excited to have these guys on. We and all of Australia met them a few years back when they burst onto our screens um, 
and shared a love story. Now, I'm talking about a love story that happened on Married at First Sight, or as a lot of us refer to it, Maths. And I'm talking about Jules Robinson and Cam Merchant, who we all know as Jules and Cam. Now, we got to know Jules and Cam quite well in recent times. Jules was actually living in London for quite a lot of years, and Jules was looking for love. She she wanted to find that special someone, and she dated like a fiend and to no avail, didn't didn't find him. She's a driven woman, isn't yes. she? And Cam, Cam played professional cricket, travelling around the world. He was in Canada where he was in a serious relationship and he decided to leave that relationship and play cricket. He's, his cricket is sport one over love. But thank God for that because if he hadn't done that, I think we maybe we wouldn't have had a Jules and Cam. Jules and Cam and Ollie now. But look, without any further ado, I actually want to move on because I really want to share this chat. So... Here is our chat with Jules and Cam. Enjoy it with us. Jules and Cam, or Cam and Jules. Thank you. I was uh, about to say something, but you nipped it in the butt. Thank you there, Mark. <laughs> no, that was I, I, Mitch. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm Mitch. Thank you. Nice exactly. to meet you. You don't know. Exactly. You remember. So that's how it goes. Mark and Mitch, or Mitch and Mark. No, no. You understand where I'm coming from, mate. But he still says Jules and Cam. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I still say Jules and Cam. <laughs> Jules, I, swear, I think it means that. How did you let it happen, Jules? <laughs> I never have had any, never said anything. It just somehow became Jules and Cam. We've got the plaque here, actually. We stole it. <laughs> I don't know why people just said Jules and Cam. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, continue. It was, but- it was very clear for us. It was always Mitch and Mark. But the reason for that is Mark and Mitch because after the M comes the A. 100% that's what we're talking about. But in Mm. Mitch's world, that's never going to (laughs) happen, is it, Mitch? If we moved into another world, I could become Mitch and Mark would have to become and Mark. (laughs) (laughs) We always said that. So if we split up, he's fine. But he he always was Mitch, Mitch. He's now Mitch and Mark. He needs me. But if we ever split up, then I become and Mark. (laughs) No plans at the current time. No. No. But speaking of which, you two are the love story of the century. Who says that reality TV can't come true and you guys are a vision of love? Oh, thank you, Mitchie. Because we've gotten to know you personally and, you know, often people watch reality TV stuff and go, oh, is that real? We had a, we've had a few people say, oh, do you know them? Well, yeah. What are they like? Well, what you saw, that's who they are. It says Jules is a bitch. <laughs> We've got down and well, done the Renault yeah. stuff with you. And when you're getting down doing the Renault stuff, if ever any crap is going to fly, that's what's going to happen. You get to know each other, right? When you're d- stressful. I mean, I always say home shops should have counselling in the corner because there's so many meltdowns. Bunnings and Ikea. Bunnings and Ikea. Oh, all yes. In the corner, yeah, yeah. I agree. There are so many tiles, all of it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> when you're home renovating, that's when your true skills and talents they they come out to play. And we obviously just saw the my inner talents that just came out and and really put this place together. I oh, saw please. No, I saw you online using the drill. I was very impressed. Thank you. I was very impressed until I looked and went, "Where's your eye protection? You're drilling into a masonry wall. <laughs> Where's the dust and stuff?" Yeah, I thought. It was fun. 
I was worried about you. Thank you. Uh, adrenaline, um, five hours later, um, what people didn't see, there was actually 17 holes behind that mirror. Um, we finally got the right one. <laughs> well, I think, you know, you guys, we should, obviously you're being very humble. These two lovely men here, Mitch and Mark, anyone that's listening, when I was, oh God, we first bought this property, we reached out to Mitch and Mark and we just said, guys, we've bought this home. We've got a baby coming. We need your help. So you guys, which we will never forget, very kindly came and helped me. Candace recorded us and danced around and entertained us. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. very welcome. <laughs> a home that was livable. And I mean, it was always livable, but, you know, just make it our home before Ollie came. So we are forever grateful because I think we'd still be walking around in circles now, wouldn't we? We would be. <laughs> oh, we, and- had a, we had an amazing time. I think it was, it was incredible to hear, Cam, when you bought that house. My understanding is Jules was not there when you bid for this house and it wasn't quite the price Jules was thinking or something? Not so much the price. It just wasn't the house that I wanted. Oh, it may have slipped over budget just a little bit as well and didn't I get an earful from the uh, hospital bed (laughs) once it was all done whilst my heart was beating out of my chest. When I had to tell her what I'd just done, but um, then I, my first reaction was, "So your ego got in the way, then, huh?" And you, yeah, and you said, "Yes, it did." I did. I admit it. I was uh, acknowledging my flaws, <laughs> but you look at twelve months later, and obviously the best thing that ever happened. But absolutely. Um, but at the time, it, the hammer went down. I had no idea what I just paid for it because you sort of just go into. Because you he's so rich, moment. everyone. No, it's not nothing to do with that. You just, <laughs> again, like you said, ego gets in the way and you were just trying to outbid. I didn't even know what I was doing. And then all of a sudden the hammer went down and I remember everyone came over to me and they said, well, congratulations, fantastic. I said, what did I just pay for it? I've got no idea. <laughs> Adrenaline was pumping. I, I messaged Jules and let her know what we'd just done because we just bought our first family home together. <laughs> But I remember we came together to talk about the renovation first and I was chatting with you guys about ideas and, and whether you ripped out the kitchen and did, did sort of minor or major things and, and saying to Jules, what, so like what's your sort of ballpark, what you can spend, about 150 or something like that? And Jules said, oh, yeah, I think so, round about. And, and Cam turned around and said, sorry, babe, we don't have that money. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, I'm Jules. <laughs> We always think we've got lots of money. I remember. That. Yes, because I was in charge of figures and I knew exactly what our budget was for A, the home, for insurances, everything, plus renos, and I always kept that together. And what actually happened is Jules thought she was so upset from the, the, the number that, we'd, that, that I'd spent, she thought that that came into the renovation costs and that we wouldn't be able to do anything and we're just going to have to live in as is. Not that there was anything wrong with it, it just don't know what he was looking at. <laughs> <laughs> it needed some work. But, you know, Cam, I think it's interesting you're talking about auctions because auctions, I find auctions really intimidating. Mitch is really good. I love auctions. Mm. He's so good at bidding at auctions where I feel like, as you were talking about that adrenaline, I get this excitement and fear and the heart racing where Mitch is very strategic at auctions. He knows you know how to play the game. I, th- I find it's uh, it's interesting because if you go if you go in confident, often the people like to stretch it out. And I feel that if you come back, back, back with a with a with a counter bid as soon as as a person who might have taken five minutes to get their next bid in, if you come straight back, 
every time, it does tend to unnerve and it makes people feel like this person wants it and they've got plenty of money. And they'll they'll have a crack at no matter what the cost is, literally. And I agree, Mitchie. And I I bought my first place, lucky enough, about four years ago in Kirribilli. But I probably lost at about three or four different auctions. And the first time you go in, you're raw. You are, you've got no idea what Ooh, you're yeah. doing. And you get absolutely schooled by the people that do know what they're doing. And I remember <laughs> taking tips every time I was like, okay, I see what that person's doing. And the one bit, and then I finally uh, bought my place at auction. And my, my tip for anyone was come in late. You just let everyone gas because yeah. it's such an emotional game that once everyone's sort of full steam ahead and they're thinking they're, they're visualising it and everything like that, they've, they've almost drained themselves both emotionally and in their pockets and then they think they're just about to get it and someone just comes in late doors and just knocks them out of the park. And that happened to me and that is draining for a, for a buyer and they sort of just you lose all your gas out of it. And I did that in my first one and I brought those skills into, <laughs> into buying this one here. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't. I'd be terrible because I've got no poker face. We went to several. Houses oh, yeah. I love it! I want it! Oh, yeah. it? oh we were like, and I just would just yeah, no poker. And face I'm sitting here. in the court. We went to our very first. You place, don't say that. It's literally in the same street as this. And it was like, yeah, you know what? This is a good, great feel. I, I know what to do here from here. And Jules is in the bedroom, going, "Oh, I'm going to do this and that. I love it. I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm in. I'm in." And I'm looking at the agent. The agent is licking his lips. Yes. And I'm looking at Jules with that, don't, I can't, just shut up, just, honey, I get it. I get I'm it. all or like nothing. It. Oh. <laughs> so I dare say that one didn't go too well because the agent kept harassing me going, mate, it's about to go where we've got a good price on it. Anyway, that wasn't meant to be because. Time was ticking. Yeah, well, there was two things that happened. One, Jules had a bun in the oven. That would be Ollie, right? That would be, Ollie. That would be what's known now as Ollie. That would be now Ollie. And apparently it happens. You want to nest. I get it. It's a thing. Mm. So you want to nest. You want to have your family home and get it all set you up. You want to grouch. You want to grout floors. Oh, yeah. yes! I was just thinking, Cameron, you do remember two or three days before Ollie's birth, that nesting, like she's a formidable force when she's nesting. <laughs> she had to build the nest. She was no princess about it. You were No. I remember Mitch and Mark, both of us, we had to pull her out because she was either grouting or there was fumes flying around. I remember we did that. We were doing the kitchen makeover and the bench top, which we can probably we'll get to talk about in a second, but having to say both Cam and I saying to Jules, you cannot walk in here. You need to be away, let this paint dry because the nature of the paint that you needed for the bench top, we were stripping back the paint. So the people uh, who... Budget makeover that was amazing. Uh, which yeah. was amazing. And and it's great for people and hopefully for listeners to know that you can transform a, pl- a room like a kitchen if you don't have the budget you certainly can transform it if you use the right products and you can do it yourself and if you have the drive but when I think about that house the day we walked in before we touched it and the fact that it was more of a cosmetic makeover it looked like a totally different house and I know it was still a it's still a whack of money but compared to what it looked like we'd done Oh my God, it was, it's beautiful. Completely different feel. And it has that homely feel now. And it was just clean and it was crisp. And you boys did a phenomenal job. And my wife as well. Yeah, my dancing and, ch- and chiming in was, wasn't too bad. So, one thing I think is hilarious when I look back on, though, which I think so many pregnant women do, is that we 
busted our ass to get that nursery done. <laughs> the baby didn't even sleep in there. I know. Like, and then the rest of the house has got bits that are just like, oh God, just we'll do that at some point. And then this nursery was so beautiful. I think it was the first thing we actually finished. And he didn't even go in there. <laughs> like, but I think it's just the process of the nesting, like get the nursery perfect and then put him in your room. <laughs> And then funny enough, the first night that we actually were able to stay in the house was the first night we brought Ollie home. So we brought him home and we didn't even have our bed put together. We didn't even have a bed. You know, I think it's really interesting. There are people who love following you and, and, and love that story and there are people who make assumptions. And we know a little bit about that when, when you do something where you get some attention, public attention. It was easy for people to think, oh, Cam and Jules and having a baby and life's perfect and, you know, and I think also go, well, they've got lots of money. They must have lots. But you were like any new family that had just bought your first house together, had probably pushed, as you said, beyond what you thought because you just wanted to get in to the market and have a home that you could do something to. And you had to work on a budget. You you couldn't be there throwing money around because... You're a new family. And you'd spent it on the house. Already gone. Yep. <laughs> Cheers, husband. Yeah. That's exactly right, mate. We had to. Everything we'd worked obviously hard to be in that position to buy our first family home to start off with. And then we just had to do it, I guess, the best possible way, just like any other family. Oh, has. but the whole process, like it is incredible what you can do with a tin of paint. Like it is mm. amazing. We basically band-aided and revamped our whole house with paint and grout and all those things just to refresh it. Like it's a completely new home. And of course, putting down like, you know, new carpet and things like that just to really make a difference. But just and amazing so much we learned from you guys of how, like that kitchen, I think it was $1,000 we spent on, and it's a completely new place. It is incredible what you can do with kind of your own imagination, a little bit of know-how, a little bit of hard work in there, yeah. and you can transform the vision. I, Cameron, I seem to remember, I think we were working with Jules and we were talking to Jules, you about colour oh, and your vision. And the white man, he'd literally yes. live in like, where you've been sectioned. Like he would have had this house, <laughs> snow white everywhere if we let him, wouldn't he? Always open to new things and experiences. No, you weren't open. We no, you weren't. <laughs> he was, you were not open. You, you were not open. White walls. What colour is the kitchen now? That means I was open. No, I still have a little video clip when we were testing. Remember Jules, we had paint colours, I think. Cam was at cricket, so we went, let's just start painting the walls. We just started. <laughs> But I still have that video. You, Cameron, the look on your face as Jules and Mitch are working through these different colours and you're just looking like... Me white, section me. And you were just like, but can't we do white? I have a theory the whole need for white is your cricket days. <laughs> ah, the, ba- the baggy whites. It's everything is white. Yeah, but to be fair, I, we would never have done anything that we didn't agree on. We eventually... Yeah. And I remember that video that we did share. I had so many people going that's so terrible, that's your husband. And I was like, come on, as if I'd ever paint the front door red without him saying yes. Like we totally, you know, we we just, you know, softened you a little bit, massaged your your colour horizons and we got there. And now you love, like you you would not see this house any different. You played me very well. And again, (laughs) um, we are at where we are at because you did that. And I I agree. Boy, we all did a phenomenal job and I couldn't be happier because the place looks special. And I've learned so much in the process. Have you done work to a home before your, your the home you guys bought together? Um, 
no, but as a kid growing up, I used to save all my money. And if you walked into my bedroom, you'd think you're in a different home to my parents because I used to pull up the carpet and sand the floor and paint the walls like, and, you know, repaint furniture. Like I just always loved making things new and fresh and different. And every year I'd change my room around. So had you done any renos before, Cam? I had. Um, I've bought really? enough that I have bought a few properties um, over, over my time. And, and with that comes sort of the, the renos. Um, the hands-on approach. Oh, I'll get my hands dirty. I think it was a bit of a beat up what I was trying to do here, but I was also <laughs> learning. No, we have to tell everyone. So I'd be on the floor oh, grouting. He would come and do four tiles and then he'd jump on his Instagram and go, 1-800-GROUT-KING, call me. Look what I've done. I'm like, I've done the whole Give thing. And he's just on there going, look at me in my glory. Look Give what us I've a done. Call. Like, I love you, husband. I know who I married. Like, he's just not that guy. That's okay. You know, Jules, I have a theory about that, Jules. He's the marketing department. He's the PR marketing department. Work smarter, isn't not harder, guys. Let your nine-month pregnant wife do all the work. <laughs> Turned out fine, didn't it? Um, no, I have, and I've enjoyed it, and I do love it, and I'm open to it. And one thing Pete told me, Jules is, is dad, every time I have had a go, and I think that's, I think that's the fear in everyone that's, that holds back a little bit and it's that first step because they're always worried about, okay, what am I, what if I stuff up? What if I do? And Pete said the same thing to me. He said, mate, what's the worst can happen? You drill a, a wrong hole in a wall or just you, putty know, it you just putty it up. Yeah. And that I think me mm. men- mentally wise and for I'm sure for a lot of people that, that are stuck and haven't really started DIY where they know they'd love to. But your Pinterest head is not how it turns out. Is is that. It's just starting. And you know what? What's the worst that can happen? The house falls down. You know what? Your wife might be really pissed at you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's exciting. And and I always thought that another place that we looked at was, was, and Jules actually wanted, the house was perfect. It was pristine condition, nothing to do with it, move in, all good. And there was a part of me that thought, yeah, but you don't put your own spin on it. Do you know what I mean? And that's why this house for me appealed so much. Jules, not so much because the first time we we laid eyes on it, she stepped in dog shit. Uh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. 15 minutes. She walked in the backyard. She had bad juju, had bad vibes. And she genuinely <laughs> stepped in dog shit. And then she had a mind on another place and it was ne- she ne- hated this place. And I had to convince her, me and her dad, to say, no, honey, just trust us. This is the place. And I didn't hate it. I just couldn't. I'm very, I'm very visual and I'm very arty, but I couldn't see past the dog shit. And I couldn't <laughs> see past all this house was so cluttered. I couldn't see past that. So that was where, where my head was at. And also I was in love with another home. So, But I think, you know, what's interesting as you were talking is this is the emotional pull of property. And I think it's, the psychology of property mm. is really interesting because if you're doing a property flip, that emotional connection and pull and that I want to live here, I want to be here is exactly what we're trying to get. So what we would ideally do with a flip property is walk into a property, try to be disconnected emotionally from it to say, is there something that we can do to make this look better at a reasonable price and and will it create that emotion? And, and work out who who are the types of people who want to live in that house so the houses that, that you guys were looking at, they'd worked you guys out. They'd worked a model of a couple with a family yeah. or starting a family. So they ticked the boxes and got you in. But another thing that I was like talking about, you know, having a crack, what can go wrong? You two got married at first sight. Mm. 
<laughs> like if there's ever a bigger crack at it. <laughs> Oh, you know what? What can go wrong? A lot could have gone wrong. <laughs> you know what, mate? We we actually discussed this the other day. We did. We did. And the other we day. sometimes we sit there and we hear I get whether it be other contestants that were on Married at First Sight and their stories, and not only during the show, but what's happened, you know. After. And we're talking two, three years on from the show where their lives have been completely turned upside down. So is it was it worth the risk versus the reward? I think a lot of these guys from from Mass would would say no, definitely wasn't. But we were just saying, God, we were so lucky. We were so lucky that we met each other, you know, and, and everything yes. that happened from there as we, well. We sometimes think just how naive we actually might have felt that we were going into the show mm. because what we obviously come away with, we're truly grateful, honestly blessed oh, every course. single day. Is to see our little one and, and, and obviously the relationship that we have. and But we go, jeepers, what that could have been, could have been a, a car crash. But I often think of that classic sliding doors. You know, I love that movie where you see Gwyneth Paltrow running towards the tube and it either closes or it doesn't. Yep. And those two pathways of a life. So, you know, for you guys, but for a decision, the decisions that happened along the way, the path would be different. And I think, Jules, you were saying to us, you've been in London for those years, 14 years, that call of wanting to feel a sense of home, which you connected with Sydney at the time, but you were looking, it sounds to me like you were looking for a belonging in a home and that sense of love, you know, that you'd have now and you were searching for that. You came back and applied for this show, this crazy show that, you know, can expose you to a whole lot of stuff. But for that, you wouldn't have been standing there walking down an aisle looking at this man that you may never have met in any other circumstance. And and the same, you know, Cam, for you, it's like my understanding thing is that the show was something you weren't sure about or how did you end up applying? Well, I think for both of us, when we look at it, A, we're talking about how naive we may have been. But in the end, I, I, I personally put it down to the work that we had done on ourselves as individuals previous years to for us to actually i guess be self-acceptance of ourselves and be okay and and be confident and be self-aware as well yeah, what in the person you're in and and oh no, all that too yeah so can for you the decision to apply the decision mm. to go down that journey was that a difficult one to say i'm going to go and do this show was there something you were looking for why do it why have you met him? Put a camera in front of him. <laughs> oh, so I'll just ask, I'll talk to your wife if she knows everything. So he just wanted the attention. Yeah. <laughs> you know when something deep in your loins just feel like something's about to happen? <laughs> yes, I do. That's a different story. <laughs> 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 really, we can talk about that later. That's for another show. Well, but- we're glad you went on Marriage First Sight because on a very selfish note, we're glad to have you two together and have you in our lives. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post.
have, having done the makeover, is is there anything now you look back on with it you think, I wish I had have done X instead of Y? Well, yes, which I've just re I've just fixed. My bathroom, we painted it pink, pink, pink cabinet, pink on the wall. What was I thinking? Like, I don't know. Like then all of a sudden one day I woke up and went, I don't like this at all. And I don't even know why, but I always say to you guys, why did you let me do that? And you're like, as if we're going to call a pregnant woman, no. <laughs> um, but I do remember the bathroom at the time, Mark saying to me, I'm not sure about the pink, Mitch. He said, and even the shade of pink, I said, you know what, Mark? This is Jill's bathroom and she wants pink. She's getting pink, and I'm and I'm not arguing with her over it. You are an incredible force, but you're so passionate about what you do. You're so driven. You're organised. There was no way, Cam, I'm with you. There was no way that we would get in the way of Jules' vision. But, but, but Jules, that flows over into your figure wear. You wanted something better than the shapewear that was available. Yep. Tell us about how you got your head around the fact that there's all these companies that do these products, but you wanted it to be better. Yeah, absolutely. So the inspiration for making, you know, revolutionary pair of shapewear was from being on a TV show and wearing all different brands and putting my mic pack down the back. And when I would go to the dinner parties at Mass, I'd end up sitting there naked, you know, in the, in the toilet because I'd have to take everything off to go to the toilet. So that's where the idea came to make them better and to make them not have to take them off and you can wear them as you know long as you like. But the messaging of figure is really important to me and that is about just loving yourself no matter what shape or size you are and just working what you got. And that body positivity messaging comes from, you know, finding a bit of purpose through a bit of pain, which was from trolling and body shaming. But then on mm. the flip side, having so many wonderful women reach out to me to say that, you know, they want to dress like me or they've got a body like mine and just seeing them seeing themselves in me on TV, which I guess is because I kind of wasn't really the standard of, you know, on reality TV. Like I was a little bit older. I was, you know, not a size eight. So all that together then created figure. So yeah, I'm really proud of it. It's great. And women, women get it and it's a, a great product. So, you know, it starts from a size six up to 24 and it's a staple. It's a fashion piece that you wear underneath your clothes to make certain fabrics look better. And absolutely it does contour and shape the body, but it's not about trying to make yourself thin. It's just about feeling great and walking tall and feeling comfortable in, in whatever shape that you are. So you know, the purpose of figure is to make women just feel excited to get dressed. She was, it's amazing. And so I'm listening to you thinking three years ago, and I go back to that wow. to go three years ago when you returned to Sydney and you went, I'm going to apply for this show. And here you are a role model for so many people generally. I mean, you guys as a couple, I think a couple goals because you just, we know how amazing you are. Jules, for you as a role model for women. Oh. You know, if you could go back now and talk to your three years ago person, would there be any advice you would give them, or what would you, what would you share with them about the journey? Oh, I mean, it's a really tough one, actually. Like to me and Cam have spoken about before, we have changed. We've had to change through this process. You know, not in a negative Mm. way, but we've had to thicken up. We've had to get tougher skin. We've had to just Mm. really know who we are and know who we're not. You know, through this whole crazy adventure, and. As I said, not in a bad way, but we've had to change as people because if we didn't, we just would have been eaten alive and been really hurt by things that have been said about us. And it's been a a growing experience for both of us. Mm. And it's not so much getting a thick skin, but just 
really learning to just accept who you are and be like, hey, you know what? I like me. I'm okay with me. And people are going to think what they want, you know? So in a way, it kind of makes you evolve to be really comfortable in your skin when you just choose to go, hey, is what it is. You know, this is me. Not everyone can like me or us. I understand that. So I don't think I'd really... I don't know. I didn't think I'd do anything different. I've just, we've just rolled with the punches. And, and as I said, you know, I, I always see the positive and, you know, seek opportunity in situations. That's what it is. We're all doing our bit to just be the best we can. And Jules, that's where I find with this whole reality TV thing, getting a little bit of profile. I didn't need to sort of learn to love myself. I always loved myself sick for a long no, time. Never. <laughs> Sorry. And when people have said to me, Mitch, you know, how does it feel to have a bit of fame now? And I thought, Hello. I was born famous. <laughs> he thought, I mean, somebody has just played the biggest joke on Mitch because Mitch always was like, well, aren't I special? But he's now Mitch and Mark. He's part of a couple. He's not just by himself anymore. So in a weird way now, I go, but you, you do need me. Yeah. You, bizarrely enough, you need me Yeah, in your own way. So Cam, my other observation with you, you were such a positive person and I see you post very many inspirational things that I, I'm sure for audiences who follow you and people who know you give such a good message. And mental health is such an important thing, resilience and self-belief, just seeing the opportunities in life. Where does that drive for that come from you? Where does it come that you want to share that kind of positivity? That's been me my whole life. That's that's the authentic me that's always been happy and positive. But I think with with life and you have setbacks and and I was lucky enough to be a professional cricketer, but once that road ended, that's all I knew. That was my whole world. That's all I knew was cricket. And that ended pretty abruptly. And with that, you lose all purpose and and drive and trying to figure out where you actually are. And I went down a, a really horrible, horrible road to into a dark place. And and I wouldn't wish what I went through upon anyone. To this to the fact that I didn't know what was going to happen the next day. I look back at it now and I'm proud of it, but at the time, and I know so many people go through it now, you don't know what's what's around the corner. You don't know what's happening. You're not sure if you're going to see the next day. Um, and that was me. But I think once I, I, I relinquished all expectations and realised that life wasn't a race, because at the same time I came out of cricket and I had my friends and family, and they were all having kids and careers and jobs, and I was just spat out and had to start again. And it was really hard for me to to comprehend. But I think I just, I, I did. I started on one step at a time and I just sort of just small steps to find that happiness. And and I did a lot of work and I'm never ashamed to say it. I went to a, a, a rehab uh, facility that helped me with my mental health and, and it, saved, oh, wow. it saved my life. It absolutely did. And from that, which way am I going to go? Am I going to fall off the horse completely and be done or this moment right now, I'm going to do everything in my power to learn about mental health, to to put my hand up, take pure responsibility and accountability for my life, my actions, and 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 get back to where I would love to be. You know, I deserve happiness. I think everyone everyone deserves happiness, and no one deserves to to suffer. And that was that, that middle ground. And I said, "Yep, all right." And I once I made that decision, I always knew it was never going to be easy, but I at least made it. And I. I had, you always say, one step forward, two steps back, but I found a place where I am today that I'm genuinely happy and I found happiness. And I think once you understand that, and this is where my life is today, but if you said to me, I was homeless in a, in Vancouver airport 
sleeping on, in the departure terminal for three days and I couldn't physically move. I was crippled and I thought that was the end. I genuinely thought that was the end. And and if you'd said me to me then, hey, just hang in there, you're going to have a, meet a, your best friend and a, your beautiful wife, you're going to have the most gorgeous little son and life is going to be okay. Sorry. I didn't know that. A lot of people do, mate. And I try to be open as authentic as I can. Um, but if someone said it to me then, I would have said, you've got to be kidding me. Like I couldn't put pants on, let alone think that <laughs> this was going to happen. But I just crawled my way and crawled my way back to where. And Cam really is. Like he is such a player around. Like he is so positive and every has a day when he's not. And I'm like, whoa, rolls of reverse. Like I'm here <laughs> picking you up. Like it's it's weird, you know, because he yeah. is what you see is what you get. Like he is a walking example of that you can turn your life around. And he just is the most positive influence on, you know, you light up a room, don't you? <laughs> no, you're going to get me to cry now. Um, mental health, I like my training background has been in psychology and obviously as a gay person too, having gone through our own, journeys that are not always easy but to hear you it helps me understand where you come from and the, how genuinely supportive you are of people and wanting them to see that good and that hope in life that you always keep hold of that vision and you know the analogy of under huge pressure diamonds are born and we are as friends so lucky to know you as one of the diamonds in our life mm. You, but also, Cam, for you to sh- for you to share that, because I think people see from the outside looking in the perfect life, mm. but from the outside, for, for you to express the dark where you went, mm. I think that is so empowering to people that 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 might be there, and and to me that might be just be the switch yeah. to say, oh my God, that's that guy, that guy who is married. <laughs> To Jules, Cam and Jules, he, I've been, I'm, I'm here where he's, where he is, yeah. where he's been. Yeah. You're a courageous and, man, and that might get somebody else across the line. That is, that is honestly the plan, mate. Because a lot of people just see as, oh, Cam, I oh, must have just been happy, and everybody went on a show, and their life's great. It's like, no, you know, people say like an overnight success. No, far from it. Like this was six years in the making of of just hard graft me. Waking like dunas over my head. Do I have go through this? And I know people are going through it. And then if they just hold on and they can genuinely see a, a, an example of me, that it can be done if you just open yourself up to it. It, it. it is possible, and that's why I do what I do every single morning. And it's not easy. Jules gets on me for taking too. No, much. I don't. It's double sided because. You know, you guys know Cam Dory. Like sometimes he just doesn't, he forgets what he's doing and he does a million things at once and you can back me up on that. Sometimes like, you know, and we've got a baby and we're trying to do things and Cam's there doing his, his inspirational quotes and stuff. But I've got to say half of me, I'm so proud of him that he is stuck to doing it every single day. Like he's it. never, he can't believe it himself, <laughs> but he never misses it because he knows how much it means to people. Like people will message him and go, I needed that today. It literally changed my day from reading that from you. And it touches people's lives. And it's, it's just a little thing, yep. but it makes a difference to people. But then when we're trying to, you know, do life and Cam takes a long time to do a post, let me tell you. <laughs> 
but just sometimes for Jules when she's wearing a off-white dress and she's ready to go out and Ollie's chat through a nappy, she just says, yeah, you know what? Hang on, the people need me. Hang on, the people need me. <laughs> no, your wife needs you. <laughs> I feel like we've asked you a load of questions. Is there any question you'd like to ask us and there's nothing no, nothing to hold back on, whatever you want to ask? Don't say that to Cam because uh, I don't trust him. If, if you were to do the block ever again, like round three, who would you take as your, you know, sidekick little apprentice, Cam or myself? Oh, this is so loaded. Oh, who do you think, Jules? That's not fair to Cam. You know we would you know we wouldn't pick him. I'm really <laughs> sorry, Cam. I'm so sorry. But everyone listening. From a mile away. <laughs> we you would pick Jules. I love as long as I was pregnant. Cam, you know right? I love you. As long as I was pregnant. <laughs> You're pre- pregnant and Jules, yeah. Can you imagine us actually on, on the block? I don't know what would happen. It'd have to be one of the hardest, but yet one of the most proudest things you'd ever done, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yes, it is. It is without doubt one of the most challenging things we've ever done. But uh, when you stand and look at the house, like we've done two blocks now. No one, you know, it's so rare to get to do one. To do two is amazing. But to drive past the the house in the Oslo, the, the one in Grey Street, when we drove past that, when we were doing the one in Hampton, and to look at that and go, oh, my God, you know, with our amazing building team, we were so lucky um, to have Jason and Stevie. But to drive past it and go, that's bizarre. We did that and it's there and it looks amazing. And now we have the, that incredible feeling of walking past that beautiful, it's a very different look, that pretty, beautiful house with the pink door and the You'd love it, Jules. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's it's surreal, but we're very, very proud of it. So you should be, and we are as well. I I, I get that same feeling when I stand outside our house and think the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. When you look at the red door. No, true, though. Very, very true. I do. We walk down the street and we, we sometimes walk back up the street and just go, let's have a look at our house because I don't think there's anything wrong with being very proud of what you've done. I think. Absolutely. You know, Cambo, but I guess for us wrapping up is that for you as homeowners to be able to go, we did that. We saw something. We had a vision about it. You modified it a bit and you got stuck in and you changed it and made it happen. Very proud of you. Thanks. We're very lucky to know you. Thank you so much for sharing and being so open and candid. It reminds us of why we love you guys so much. We appreciate the friendship. Thank you. We do as well. Much love, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Well, Mark, talk about reality. That was real. It was raw. Um, When Cam was talking about those those really tough times in his life, um, I've got to say I felt totally emotional with him there. I wanted to reach out and hug him, but, of course, we couldn't because we're in separate houses. No, he's, you know what I like as our friends, they are honest and that was like almost brutally honest. But what I admire about both Jules and Cam, particularly Cam sharing that, is that he makes it real for other people who may be listening to this podcast who are also dealing with their own emotional challenges and their own journey. Because in any life, there's ups and downs. And sometimes we find it difficult to kind of manage those downs. And we can't just assume that everyone's okay. No, we can't assume that everyone's okay. He, in being able to share that and be so honest, 
It's like he's saying to people, it's okay if you're dealing with that. There are ways of going through kind of those challenges and coming out on the other side. And I think what's important for us to acknowledge, and, and we're talking about Renault's, but, you know, in the process, you learn so much about people. So if any of our listeners are themselves dealing with maybe some challenges in life um, or if anything that was discussed today triggers something for them, there are services available and they will be there to support. You will have notes and details in our show notes. But for anyone right now, there are services like Lifeline, which is a 24-7 crisis support line. It's a phone line and they're available on 131114. Beyond Blue also is a service available on 13002246636 and they also have an online chat service through beyondblue.org.au. Another service, QLife, which specialises in providing um, support, anonymous support for the LGBTQI community. They're available on 1800-184-527. They're 3pm to midnight every day. But they do have a web chat, which is available on qlife.org.au. All of those details will be in our notes, the show notes. Uh, just remember, if you are in crisis, please call triple zero or contact your medical practitioner ASAP. So thank you to the wonderful Jules and Cam for sharing their renovation story. Now, if you want to know more about what happened with Jules and Cam's renovation, we've got the whole before and after and a few tips and tricks listed on our website. So that's at mitchandmark.com. Please do all the usual stuff like rate us and review us, subscribe, um, check us out on Insta at Mitch and Mark. Thank you for joining us. Bye for now. See you next week. Have a great week. Bye. Coming up next week. Like, I don't need to be in the spotlight. I just need the cash, right? <laughs> Our next guests on Reality Reno are a crazy, dynamic, and fun couple who know each other's limitations, but also how to push each other's buttons. She likes to argue, which is... I don't like to argue. Yeah, I just do. don't you're, like you're to just accept that you, sometimes you need to be argued with. You're not always right. When it comes to innovations, they know a lot about cooking. And then, do you know what we did? We flipped it. Join Mark and me for the third episode of Reality Reno with Mitch and Mark. It's available wherever you get your podcast from. See, I told you I was a celebrity. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.